Hello, everybody, and welcome to Two Geeks and One Noob, where we gather friends of similar interests and maybe not so similar and discuss, joke, learn more about, and generally have fun with geek culture. So today our topic is streaming movies. So movies that are on Netflix, Hulu, uh, Amazon, anything like that. And uh, yeah, we're just going to talk about some some fun movies that we liked on there. And um, so what do you guys think? What What's on your guys' list? Oh, that's uh, I've put a few movies on the list for myself. I've got Netflix had the bulk of the options. Um, Agreed. But <laughs> I guess it helps that they've been around so much longer. So they just had more variety to choose from in that regard. But um, <clears throat> there's a number of movies that are on mine. Like one of the big ones for me was Harder They Fall, the Western that came out recently on Netflix. That one was great, and then we got another number of other movies, but won't dive too deep into the list just yet. <laughs> yeah, I figured, like, at least for my side of things, like like Hulu, uh, Disney+, Plus, <laughs> Peacock, Amazon, and Paramount all have sh- much shorter lists, so mm-hmm. I figured we'd kind of start with a couple of those, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll get to the, the big, long list. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, David? So, humorously enough, even though I did write reviews, uh, I think only one or two were actually ever on a streaming service and exclusive to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one movie that comes to mind is Cargo on uh, Netflix. Cargo? Which yes. one is that? Cargo was... It was an interesting take on zombie films. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but actually, I, I, I really enjoyed it. It kind of got back at kind of the heart of one, what actual horror films are as a genre and two, um, it kind of got back to that premise of, uh, that, uh, Jean Romero was putting out George Romero. Sorry, whatever Romero, <laughs> but he was yeah. putting out with the original Dawn of the dead series of saying, okay, we, through this medium, we have a means of pointing out something that's really potentially negative to our, to our culture and society. But, uh, we can also use that to, uh, to kind of encourage the current generation, like, Hey, here are things you can fix for the next generation. Um, Mm. and cargo was kind of unique and really refreshing. It was actually, um, emphasizing the role of fathers. Huh? Okay. So very refreshing. However, it's a zombie movie. Um, so heads up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Kind of this honest, honestly kind of makes me think of, um, a quiet place a little bit. Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, where it's like you definitely are relying on your dad when you're <laughs> when you're young like that and things are going freaky. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, so uh my my Hulu list, I've only got two movies on it. Um so I figured we can <laughs> go through those real quick. <laughs> uh one of them was uh Boss Level, which was a movie about um or a movie with e, the guy from uh, Captain America, where uh, he's uh, Rumlow. Um, but he keeps playing the same day over and over again and like learning how to. You know, uh, it, it's a major action movie, so he, he, he goes and like. People are trying to kill him, so he learns all the the ins and outs of uh, <laughs> uh, people trying to kill him and stuff like that. It's really really a fun movie. So kind of uh, a time loop. 
Yes, definitely. Gotcha. Yeah, he he gets put into like this machine that reads his DNA and it it reads his or uh it does the the day over and over again. So <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nice. Pretty fun movie. <laughs> uh, disclaimer: It is rated R, so uh, <laughs> you know, not not fully family friendly, but that's all right. <laughs> Still a fun movie. There's only one that I had from Hulu, uh, and it was the uh, Palm Springs. That one was one that I really enjoyed, and it was just another take on the um, on that like Groundhog Day story. Um, right, right, right. But from like a, these two individuals that both kind of get stuck into this time loop and end up kind of falling for each other and whatnot. It was, it was just a really fun, enjoyable movie. And that was one that I really enjoyed and would like to, <clears throat> that was one that like, if it were released on Blu-ray, I would scoop it up because I enjoyed it that much. So yeah. that was, that's the only one I have from Hulu, but I did really enjoy that one a lot. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that one. But yeah. Cause I, I think you guys had, or I think you had uh, mentioned that one a while ago and we ended up watching it and, I was like, oh yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's just a really fun movie. Like it's it's not like an award-winning movie or anything, but for me, like I just had a lot of fun with it. I was really thoroughly entertained from start to finish. It's one that like I want to keep watching or that I would watch again and and uh like I said, if I could, I would buy it. So like I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Definitely. <clears throat> cool. Um David, did you have any um, other ones from Hulu? Or oh no, you already said that you. Um... Yeah, that's pretty much it. Beyond that, it was it was mostly uh, shows or documentaries for me for streaming shows. But I mean, I've watched a couple when I'm hanging out with you guys as well. Uh, like the other day, we watched um, what was it, Code Eight? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah, that, that was a pretty fun one. That was a, a Hulu original, wasn't it? Uh, <coughs> or Netflix, Netflix? Sorry, Netflix. Yeah. Which also, by the way, uh, Coverford was talking about uh, the sequel being greenlit. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm yeah. excited for that one. That one's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun movie. Caleb, if you don't know what that one is, that's uh, um, it's got the guy uh, that plays Green Arrow in the CW, um, and his oh, brother. Stephen Amell. Yes. Yep. Um, and his brother Robbie, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. And they're living in a world of of uh, powered people, and they're kind of living through that <laughs> daily life. So, <laughs> okay, sounds interesting. Yeah, it was actually really good. So it's on Netflix. Um, yeah, that was a good one. It, it would be fun helped. to see Stephen Amell and something that isn't the gruff, tough Arrow or him wrestling in the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. He's still kind of kind of gruff. Gruff and tough in this one. Yeah, a little bit. Because <laughs> he, he's like a um, a bank robber, pretty much. Or he, he mm-hmm. like kind of works on the, the CD underground of, of powered people. So Okay. Yeah. <laughs> kind of reminds me of uh, another one uh, of Net- or on Netflix that is a Netflix original, um, Project Power. Yeah, um, that was the one with them. Like, there was, like, pills that they were using to get powers, right? Yep. Yep. 
Ooh, yeah, that I think like it had awesome premise. <laughs> yeah, I think it had Jamie... superheroes. Yeah, kind of. I think it had Jamie Fox in it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that hmm. one was really good. Um, I'm kind of curious, like, what, what are y'all's thoughts on a lot of these streaming services having exclusive films? I mean, obviously they've got to have something to draw people to them, but as far as like what separates those services and their films from other films that they could see at a theater. I don't have an issue with streaming services having their own exclusive films just because like you said, it kind of helps set them apart a little bit. It gives them that thing that's like, Hey, this is ours. No one else has it. Come check it out. And there's been plenty of really cool movies and stuff that we, and TV shows for that matter. Um, that we've been able to see that may not have gotten that sort of success that it would have had in a normal setting. So I don't have a problem with it. My only complaint is when it's a situation like where Netflix doesn't release that show or movie on Blu-ray or DVD. So it's like, if it's something that's really good and I want to support it, but I can't because they just don't give me an avenue to do so other than streaming it. And there may be situations where I am like on a flight or something like that and I can't stream it. And so that's my only complaint that I have with it. Um, Like actually with what I was saying with like harder, they fall, for example, um, which granted, like I know that I have ways to like do downloads and stuff. And that's like something that they're kind of working towards, but Oh, it's it's a feature. They have it. Oh, I know. I know that. Uh, But my like, Coming at it from like a perspective of like with Ubisoft, for example, getting rid of a lot of their digital games and that people have paid for, I can download a movie that's on Netflix, but if something happens and they take it away or they lose the rights, then I lose access to a movie that I enjoy. And that's where the problem comes in for me. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Or, okay, another problem. A couple of years ago, I got to go on vacation overseas and, um, so for the flight, it was right after uh, they made they opened up that feature where you could download services in the app, or you could download shows and whatnot in the app, and then mm-hmm. watch it when you're offline. As soon as I landed in that other region, um, because they're not available in that region, it didn't care that I downloaded them in the U.S. Yep. Yeah, I've ran into that before as well. I so yeah, you're was, right. It's not a perfect solution. I went to Mexico last year. And I had that same issue. I had downloaded a season of an anime that I was wanting to finish, like during any downtime I might have had. And I couldn't open it because even just trying to open the app, it was saying region not recognized. So I wasn't actually able to watch any of the episodes that I had downloaded. So that's that's kind of where it comes from. Like there's for me, like that's what I like about apps like voodoo for example i can pull up whatever movie or show or whatever that i would like to watch and i typically don't have any issues accessing it even if i am in a different area than i usually would go to or i was able to access it when i was in mexico for that trip so that's what i like about voodoo being able to just have more options because i purchased the movie so it's not like i'm trying to stream something from a different region or anything so right right well, I never go anywhere, so it's not really a problem for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, one thing I'm trying to set up, um, like, in, in some states, it's or some municipalities, it's legal to back up your physical media. One thing I'm looking at trying to do is set up my own uh, server, self-host it, 
so that all those backups, I can have access to them uh, somehow, like through a VPN or whatever. That way, if I am out and about, so long as I have a connection, I can just go ahead and VPN back into whatever network I have that on, stream mm-hmm. whatever I already own. It's like, hey, cool, done. Yeah, I guess like with the issue of being able to access it from other regions, it's just a screaming endorsement for VPNs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a whole another discussion there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> See, I was thinking kind of a different line of when you asked that question of uh, what do I think of the um, of streaming services as a whole? Like, I think it was very a very good idea for, um, you know, when those or when 2020 came around and, um, you know, the movies weren't coming out as much. So they had an avenue to uh, release movies in a way that people could watch them. Um, but at, again, at the same time, it kind of, it took away from movies a little bit. And then, um, like you said, like you, you're not really able to watch them outside of <laughs> those places, but, mm-hmm. right. um, like, I, I don't have an issue with companies doing exclusives on their streaming service. Cause like you said, there was instances during the lockdown where that came, that was extremely handy. Um, and I don't really have an issue with it continuing. My issue is them trying to rely solely on that one outlet for those items. Like I was saying with like the downloading or purchasing or whatever, that's where my issue comes in. Like, I don't mind, like look at, um, movies like Encanto, for example, like that was in theaters to a limited extent, but it was mostly on Disney plus and Disney viewing, but you can still purchase it on other services and kind of keep going and viewing it whenever you might want to. Um, And so as long as they make it accessible. Yeah. I think it, then I I don't have an issue with it. I think it's probably one of those things too, where um, like, especially the ones that are, owned by other companies like Mm -hmm. Disney or, or uh, things like that, where the movie itself isn't owned by the streaming service, but it's accessible other places because it's, you know, somewhere in between, you know, (laughs) yeah, you mean like a, like a licensing deal, right? Exactly. So it's probably easier for them to make DVDs and stuff because it's not, it's not owned by them. It's owned by the overarching company, you know, mm-hmm. just like with like black widow and, and stuff like that, where that was literally, it went straight to net or to Disney plus, but later on they, they released it and um, released it as DVD because it was owned by Marvel. Yeah. And they were still taking out their, um, their movies and stuff. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, actually, that well, I mean, yeah, that's semantics, but yeah, I get your point. Where it's <laughs> kind of um, so, for example, like before uh, before Paramount had their Paramount Plus, there was this big, big kerfuffle about uh, how Netflix was spending what was it like some absurd figure just to keep The Office and mm. Friends on <laughs> uh, on the platform. Oh, <laughs> well, those then, are such. Big shows, though, like right. They, well, they it's hilarious that <laughs> both of those shows are still like 
as viewed as they are considering how long they've been around. <laughs> They're just like, we actually have to fight to keep The Office, a show that's been around for a long time, and Friends that's been around even longer because people still watch them constantly. Of course. Right. I mean, how many times have just you guys watched The Office? Or just you, Caleb. How many times have you watched The Office? <laughs> never. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> No, I've I've genuinely never watched The Office. Wait, I, oh, I, I think you okay. got us mixed up there, bud. I think I did. I'm sorry, David. How many times have you watched The Office? <laughs> Three. <laughs> Three, Three maybe four. Yeah, and, and I'm saying like watched it all the way through. Yeah, right. Now, if you want to ask Parks and Rec. Yeah, yep. that's I, I an entirely different that. story. I've watched that <laughs> start to finish probably a dozen times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know way too many people that have watched The Office so many times. So I, uh, there's there's bound to be some uh, overlap there. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> bound to be for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean there are other series that are, that are the same way though, and it's yeah, but uh, kind of brings up another point now that we're kind of branching into just series on streaming services. Um, what, uh, about how, like, like the different streaming services have their own views on how to release shows. So mm-hmm. like with Netflix and they're kind of doing this two pronged approach on it where you get either the whole season right off the bat, or you get most of the season up to a certain turning point just to try to keep, uh, to allow people to catch up. And then they release like the last, the, the finale like a couple of weeks later, just yeah. to drum up that hype for the end of the series or the end of the mm-hmm. season. Yeah. I, I honestly don't mind that side of it. Like I kind of wish most of the other shows would have been like that. Cause I cannot stand waiting for <laughs> one episode a week. Like we, <laughs> we live through that way too much as kids. Like that's, that's over and done with you. Like at least do half the season and then like wait a week or two and then do another uh, set of the season, you know, yeah. like that's, I guess like that's kind of the best way to do it. I think I would agree with you. I would prefer it that way as well. I understand the reason why they do that with the way that they, or at least like with Disney plus, for example, with the way that they release uh, Kenobi or any, or Mandalorian or whatever they, any serialized show. Like, yeah trying to like, okay, no, we want to keep subscribers as long as we can. Cause that's like where the revenue is coming in. So let's yeah. just like extend it out. And that's the, <laughs> that's the one nice thing about movies is like, we don't have to wait for the next episode. <laughs> right. If right. it's a good movie and we want to see a sequel, we're going to wait for that. But at least the movie is there in its entirety. Yeah. Yeah. That would suck. If they ended up uh, releasing like 15 minutes of a, of a movie at a time. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't even bother watching it. I was just like, nah, man, miss me with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's how I watched the Harry Potter movies when I started watching the Harry Potter movies. Cause I worked at a theater at the time. And so I had 15 minute breaks. Oh, that's a long <laughs> series to watch Ooh. in that way. <laughs> well, it, I started watching it at like the episode or not episode, uh, the <laughs> you broke it up into episodes. I did, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I started watching like six or seven, I can't remember which. Uh, yeah, it was Deathly Hallows. Uh, so it was number six. I started watching that one first, and it was in 15 minute increments. 
god, that is rough. That's awful. It it was awful, but at the same time, it was kind of fun because I got to watch a free movie. So that's true. <laughs> that's very true. And and it eat discounted mm-hmm. uh, nachos. <laughs> <laughs> that is the one thing I will say about watching a movie at home is or like any with any of these streaming movies just like if i want one of those snacks i've got to go to the store and get the snack so that's like right that is the one thing you're missing by doing the streaming version of the movies i yeah, still think you have a wider variety uh, a wider variety of food and at a much cheaper price <laughs> like that too yeah <laughs> definitely not arguing that but yeah <laughs> And I'm definitely like, not saying that I buy my own snacks anyway, but. Cargo <laughs> <laughs> pants are still a thing. Shush. <laughs> I said I'm not saying it. So, you know, you don't have can't... to try. Yeah, you don't have to worry about people sneaking in something to your home. If they do, there's a whole other problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be more worried about people sneaking into my home in general. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Valid. But I don't know. Like, I've. I've personally like the setup with the um streaming movies just because of the good content that we've gotten through that avenue there's just been so many good movies that we've been able to get thanks to that setup um just with a few of the ones that we've mentioned and then other ones that we haven't discussed just yet like i don't know i just like it because it's something else to look forward to and think okay i'm already paying this monthly subscription i don't have to spend another ten dollars or more to go to the movies to see this movie. Like I may be looking forward to it, but I may not be looking forward to it at theater prices, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's kind of a whole reason why, uh, I ended up getting, uh, I think Netflix to begin with is because there was a, a movie coming out in theaters that they were releasing at the same time on Netflix. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch it on Netflix and get the series or get the, the um, subscription mm-hmm. because it wasn't necessarily worth going to see in the theater, but mm-hmm. because I got so many more movies out of just wanting to watch that one movie, you right. know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah. <laughs> Which I think if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it was red notice that we got it for. Did that one ever come out? Which, I think so. Because I think they were huh. doing like a special Netflix thing where it was like, you can go see this in, in theaters, but we're also releasing it at the same time on Netflix. That might have been. Yeah, it might have been because I think um, the Irishman was the first one where they tried to do that. Uh, that kind of crossover where they showed it in theaters for a very limited period of time, like two weeks, maybe. Yeah. But it was predominantly a Netflix special. It yep. looks like. Uh, according to this Google search, it's saying that it was, uh, the movie chain Cinemark that had them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think that's right. Cause it was something that it was very limited and very mm-hmm. like you had to go see it when it was in theaters, like right away or else you didn't get to see it. <laughs> right. Right. So like, like the... go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, so we, we ended up getting Netflix because we're like, you know what? This looks really good, and I want to see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, that, the, like, one of the big things why I like movies on streaming services is there's movies that may be really good that just don't get 
the chance to be in theaters. Like there's been a few anime movies that I've really thoroughly enjoyed, but because they were considered low budget, even though they weren't, they just weren't like a, one of the big name titles. They didn't get the chance to have that movie in theaters. Whereas they were uh, like HBO had been doing a bunch of anime uh, related movies and stuff for a while. And so it was nice to be able to see this movie, get a chance to be on what was considered a bigger, a bigger screen, a bigger audience. Right. Viewing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, that's where I like the movies going straight to streaming outlets is like, uh, you get to see stuff like that. Whereas like this wouldn't have gotten a chance otherwise. And it ended up doing really well and making them good money. So yeah, it was an yeah. eye opener for other studios and whatnot. Yeah, kind of like uh, for Amazon with like Tomorrow War, and mm. um, mm-hmm. and Without Remorse and stuff like that. They were they seemed to be somewhat bigger budget movies, but it wasn't for some reason, you know, wanted to put on um, in theaters. But yeah, those were really good movies, and they just didn't get a chance to be put out on. <laughs> And yeah, I, I think with the, uh, I think with uh, as far as without remorse goes, that one's a little bit different because Amazon has the rights to the Tom Clancy film series now. Right, right, yeah. So that what could have been the reason on that one. Tomorrow War is more of a uh, concept or a concept film, mm-hmm. um, and that's one thing I'll, I'll point out that I really like about ex- uh, streaming exclusive movies. If they go, if a director or a screen uh, screenwriter goes through. Uh, uh, let's see, 20th Century Fox. So technically mm-hmm. Disney, but anyway, whatever. If they go through some uh, standard line, they've got to get it approved by X number of people who have to push it through marketing to see if it's marketable at all, and then they can see about getting funding to actually have the film made. Whereas with streaming, it open up it opens up another avenue. So mm-hmm. there's the potential self-publisher out where, hey, we, my friends and I, we made this uh, this film. We did the editing ourselves. We took it to all the all the festivals, and then you have all the streaming sources there saying, "Hey, we want to buy exclusive streaming rights." Yeah, it also gives the creators a little bit more of that freedom to make the movie exactly how they want it, and not have those suits sitting there saying, "Oh, you should do this or do this to reach certain demographics." It's like, no, this I have a vision for this movie. I'm going to make this movie exactly how I want to. Right. Now, I'll also point out that it does open a lot of a lot of negative connotations too, because someone can make a film that flat out is not marketable or should not be yeah. marketed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and then those same suits, oh hey, this is really artful. We want to get it. And yeah. then they run into all sorts of problems. Yeah. So, yeah, I have to say that that has been one of the things that I've noticed a lot about the uh the streaming services is that they put out a lot of movies, but only a handful of them are really that good. Yeah. Um, that coming from you, that's, that's kind of saying something. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it's kind of going back to what we were talking about, where it's like movies are getting a chance that they wouldn't have otherwise. Like, yeah, just because they're getting a chance doesn't mean they should get the chance. It exactly. just means that there's an Avenue that they were able to access that they wouldn't have had that not. Or that they wouldn't have been able to do anything with had that avenue not been available. Right. right. Exactly. No, I think that it's um, it's kind of a, as I already mentioned, it is, is a double-edged sword in a couple of ways. So, yes, you get those films where, hey, 
most people wouldn't have seen this because it's a really weird take. And frankly, they did a good job telling it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. That film absolutely earned its chance. The uh, other films. Mm, yeah. Um, what were you thinking there, bud? And yet it got <laughs> its chance still. However, yeah. here's where even that becomes a double edged sword. And yeah, sorry for going multiple levels deep on this. <laughs> but, um, but with films like that, it, it's kind of good because it kind of shows off like, okay, that thing, remember? Yeah, no, not good. We're not doing that again. Mm. The problem with it, though, is in the fact that you've now also given it a wider audience to begin with. Right. So that can... If, it can be okay in the sense of, well, now you've just identified folks who you, you've identified the, the niche market that you want. Right. However, it may be a very small market. <laughs> right. But they're probably a loud market. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can be. So the, the first side of the sword that you were talking yeah. about kind of makes me, <laughs> thought, makes me think of a, a movie that I just watched the other day on Netflix it was a it's an Adam Sandler movie, actually. Um, it's called Hustle. Um, which it didn't seem like it was a very big budget movie. And it was very artsy and very like, you know, a little slow moving. But at the same time. It's it was very well told because it was just kind of that heartfelt like. I am trying to train this guy to be the best he possibly can. And uh, because I I don't know if you guys know what the movie is about, but it's Adam Sandler is uh, a basketball coach trying to kind of bring back his shot of being a a head coach. He's I'm sorry. He's a scout, not a coach. And so he wants his chance at being a, a coach and so he's trying to do his last like really good scouting trip and bring in this one guy and they they are meeting all sorts of issues and like all that kind of stuff and um yeah i mean it it's it's just got this really good storyline of kind of redemption and um you know beating the odds and stuff like that so it's just like it it, like I said, it wasn't the the most, you know, uh, budget friendly film or whatever, but like it just had some good storyline to it. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, like there's there's always going to be movies like that that are, for lack of a better term, problematic, regardless whether that be through streaming and theaters, whatever the situation may be like the chances of something like that, just getting past suits and whatnot and actually making it to whatever platform they're heading to. There's always that chance. Yeah. Um, and, and like, there's definitely some movies that should have never been made, let alone released. <laughs> That's just yeah. kind of is what it is. Um, but there's also like movies that you just wouldn't think would I guess the way I'm trying to think of it is like movies that are 
kind of like going back to that anime example where it's like it wouldn't have gotten an opportunity otherwise. Um, right. And so like th- there's it's a double edged sword, like David was saying, like there's always going to be something that you're just like, but but why? Like this should not be a thing. <laughs> but there's also going to be opportunity where it's like, OK, this is why this is done the way it is. Yeah. And again, not condoning any of those movies, but. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing is it allows it allows for some very um, interesting fare. Where I mean, there there are movies that let's face it, they're not good movies, but they're fun to joke about. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like the uh, the Sharknado series or yeah. uh, Rubber. I mean, <laughs> these, these are movies that why why in the world were these made? But just the <laughs> concept is funny, and the joke is the fact that you actually got friends together, got food, and said, we're making an evening of this. Yeah. And that's what makes it enjoyable. Yeah, that's like, one of my favorite memories was being there when a group of us watched Killer Clowns in Outer Space. Like, that movie is just an absolute dumpster fire of a movie. Like, nothing about that is a should-be-in-existence kind of movie. But the fact that a group of 30-year-olds got together and watched that movie immediately after our friends got engaged is hilarious. And that's a memory that will stick with me forever. Uh, gotta love those yep. uh, so-cheesy movies that they're good. <laughs> and yet another thing that's pretty oh, cool that. about it is they, uh, they allow for... Um, they allow for some more seasoned directors to kind of stretch their legs and try something new in a uh, more accepting environment. I, well, I was going to say <laughs> it, it's a lower risk environment, but yeah. yeah. So like um, Steven Soderbergh put out a high flying bird and the big draw mm. of that film was it was shot entirely on an iPhone. Mm. Hmm. That's so yeah. Conceptually just on the filmmaking front, it was an awesome idea. Um, it was basically the, it, it was essentially the NBA's version of, uh, Moneyball. Um, and that's doing the film some injustice, admittedly, but <laughs> highly encourage folks to check it out. Um, I want to say it's also a Netflix exclusive. I don't know. I'll have to dig on that one, but mm. yeah. Uh, I remember sitting down with another friend for that one too. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a movie that I also wanted to point out was another one that was done through Netflix in the Witcher nightmare of the wolf. And that was an animated movie that was played uh, about another character that you see in the Witcher game series and books and whatnot, but it doesn't, isn't like the primary focus of the story. And so it was really cool getting to see this like prequel type story of this Witcher character and seeing it being done in a very similar animation style to that of the Castlevania show that they did, which I thoroughly enjoyed and was, and can't wait for the next season. Uh, But being able to see this animated movie in that format was just a really cool thing. And that was something that's like, that would probably pre Netflix times would have been one of those straight to DVD type of movies. It was good and deserve absolutely deserved to, get an actual release and get the attention it got. But yeah, I don't know that it would have necessarily gotten that same attention through a, a, a pre Netflix. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Yeah. I didn't even think about that either. Like the, and I'm sure probably someone's 
mentioned it in the last few minutes, but like those straight to DVD or straight to VHS movies that like <laughs> that we grew up on that are just like these like are Scorpion terrible King's movies. Eagles? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um but yeah, like giving giving those people the the avenue there is definitely a uh an upgrade I think for people yeah. to it's it's definitely a, a wider range of audience than they would have necessarily gotten before. So, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Yeah, and like with the Witcher movie, like it was really cool to see they Netflix kind of like capitalize on it and put the and invest this money into how well the Witcher TV series did. And they're like, okay, this series just took off and got us record numbers in a very short amount of time what people clearly want this content. What else can we do to bring more of this content to our viewers? And that's where we got the movie. That's where we got the second season. That's where we're getting some other stuff that they're working on within Netflix for this series. So it's like, I don't know. It's just, I really appreciated that, that it was like, it brought this attention to a series that up to that point had been a popular like game series and a a fairly popular book series, but wasn't anywhere nearly as widespread and well-known as it is now. Right. And I think the only issue that I ever have with these uh, kinds of things is that they, as well as they do and as well as they, they make them they're the content in them can be a little over overdone for the adult side of things. And I kind of wish that they would um, like scale it back a bit on some of those kind of things where like people that don't know those, those aspects of the games very well, or, you know, um, try to steer clear of those kinds of things. Yeah. That sort of content um, would be able to enjoy them because like, I would have loved to have watched the Witcher, but I know that there's stuff in it that, is going to be, you yeah, know, a little, a of. yeah, a little, little more risque than I would have liked. Not to right. say that I haven't watched risque things to begin with, but like, you know, <laughs> it's, I, if I know they're in there and I, I am not as interested in it to begin with, then I won't watch it, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I'd rather them not put those in, in there so I can be like, okay, I can be interested in that one now. <laughs> yeah. And actually that kind of leads into a, another interesting topic that I have against, but I'm going to use it as I'm going to use it as a leaving off point for streaming, uh, streaming services and movies. Um, so one thing that services could do potentially, if they want to get their content, the widest audience possible, they can make multiple edits. So let's say that they put out a movie like, uh, let's say the Witcher. So they put that out, and it has a very hard R rating. So that's approved by the MPAA. So they have to take that R rating because of the content in it. But let's say they do another edit, similar to what we saw with the first, uh, uh, was it the first Deadpool, where they did the Christmas edit? (laughs) I think it was was the second one, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be wrong. But, yeah, what if streaming services took a similar approach, where they actually say, you know what, we've already got all the footage. We've already got the base film. Is there another way we can tell this in a way to uh, to get a lower rating? Not a TV edit, but a lower rating. Mm-hmm. So let's say it was more on the visual con- uh, content 
that it earned earned the higher uh, the higher rating and thus the more limited audience. Yeah. Then they could go back through, re-edit the film, and then that way, if let's say a user profile says, "Look, I don't want to watch anything higher than a PG-13 or a PG," they got kids around, whatever the right. case may be. Yeah. Then that same individual can get the same story without the content they don't want to see. Yeah. I could see that being a good thing and uh, like a good thing for the viewers, but I feel like they probably wouldn't do that just because of the money it would take to do the editing for that. Yeah. And I think it also ties back into what we had spoken on a moment ago, just the creators going through a different Avenue and saying, no, this is my project. We'll make it how I want to make it. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. And admittedly, there are some stories where to properly convey that the, the villain is bad, you're going to have to show some stuff that's like, mm. yeah. Now, granted, there are some ways that you could probably do that in other, other fashions that aren't quite as explicit, but to really mm-hmm. drive the point home to make that visceral point. Yeah. Sometimes you got to show, not tell. Yeah. yeah. I think that was like, that kind of makes me think of um, Invincible as an example of that it's like they didn't have to make it as brutal and as gory in the fights as they did but by doing so they really hammered home like why we were looking at this guy as a villain even though he had been considered a hero to everyone up to that point like right. it, it was showing that it's like no this guy is like he's willing to do what it takes and he is a a genuine monster that needs to be taken seriously so yeah. like the, it's it, it really depends on the story and the way it's done. Cause there's definitely ways to do that in a tasteful manner um, where, like you said, it's really conveying that. Um, and then there's other ways. That it's just like, okay, now they're doing that cause they know their audience and they're just doing that to get the attention. Um, which I mean, again, that's going to go with just about anything. Like, I don't know that there's really any Avenue that isn't going to do something like that right. at least once. So, yeah. yeah. That's I fair. mean, the the one that really comes to mind when this uh, this topic comes up is uh, Game of Thrones, because <laughs> and yeah. that being it's HBO, uh, right? And everything HBO, comes with HBO. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I would have loved to have watched that that show. It looks so visually stunning, and and the storyline just looks amazing. But because of all that stuff that's in it, it's like. Ugh. Man, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It so for some it. audience, it it kind of filters out where it kind of builds this FOMO almost. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, it is what it is, and we got what we got. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. another another one I wanted to um, touch on that is not a Netflix item uh, was the Justice League Snyder cut. Ah, yeah. That yeah. one, like, Yo. man, that that one took off. And it's like, I can only imagine the numbers of how many people, like, got the, uh, the HBO account because of watching through that, you know? Yeah. Yep. I mean, that one definitely, it had its... Uh... <laughs> had its moment in the sun and <laughs> kind of took off, you know? Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah, I think 
one, that was a massive experiment to begin with. Oh yeah. For for a film in this day and age to be film uh, to be to be filmed or at least edited to appear as though it were set up in basically a super eight camera with a three by four or a letterbox presentation. Mm-hmm. That's that that's risky right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean just also just the fact that it was four hours long. That too. <laughs> I had can to be say broken up. with 100% confidence, had they released the four-hour cut in theaters, I would not have gone to theaters to watch it. Been able really? to watch a four-hour cut at home comfortably and not have to worry about, like, or being able to pause it when I wanted to pause it to go to the bathroom or just to get up and stretch my legs so they didn't fall <laughs> off, whatever. Like, it, it was definitely one that, had it not been for the streaming release, I pro- I most likely would not have seen it because it's just so freaking long. That's such a commitment. Yeah. <laughs> see, Which... I probably would have gone to see it no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> you are also far more optimistic about movies than either of your two co-hosts here. So <laughs> This is very true. That being said, I was one of the guys who actually did go see uh, um, all three Lord of the Rings back-to-back in theaters. So... Oh, man, I wish I'd have done that. <laughs> like, I have two initial reactions to that statement. One, I'm jealous. Two, do you hate yourself? (laughs) (laughs) So, sorry, not sorry, and yes? (laughs) (laughs) No, it it actually was fun, and that's that's one thing I've noticed coming up in theaters, um, especially some chains uh, like Alamo Drafthouse. They do events like that where it's... Mm -hmm considered a, a a quote along or whatever whatever the special event may be where it's not just the film and the fact that you're seeing it in a presentation style that it was meant to be seen and heard in but it's also the camaraderie of the, of the people around you in the stadium yeah, yeah. whereas at, with a streaming film or any streaming whatever it is any streaming product that you're watching um you can rebuild that camaraderie just by having a bunch of your friends over yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, There's been a number of those streaming movies that I've watched with different friends for different reasons. And like it's it's also nice having the option of watching it at home because I can sit there and make snarky jokes about it and not worry about the people behind me getting angry. Like the uh <laughs> me yeah. and um so what me and a couple of friends of mine were watching some movie that went straight to streaming and we just started making puns about the things that were happening in the movie. And it's like, <laughs> it, it went from being a okay movie to just being a joke fest the entire time. And that made that experience just so much more enjoyable because the movie itself, like I said, was kind of eh. but having that just joking and camaraderie with friends like David was talking about, it just, it changed the feeling of that hangout all it completely. Yeah. It was kind of like with, uh, and, and this kind of brings up a whole nother facet to it is um, when the uh, it's a it's a show, but uh, the Winter Soldier, or I'm sorry, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier came out. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother, li- who lives across the country, we were able to watch that together and be kind of talking about it throughout the the whole show. Mm-hmm. Like for, I think we did that for the first two episodes or something like that, where we we're just like, okay, 
it's on. We're starting it at all at the same time and we get to like react to it in real time and, and yeah. watch it together. So that, I thought that was pretty cool too. Yeah. Yeah. The, that's the nice thing is if you can't watch it in person together, being able to have like a Netflix party type setup yeah. where you can still watch it together just in different locations, like, and being able to text and pause and whatnot, like, I don't yeah. know, that, that just adds a lot of, a, a lot of fun to it for me. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. I remember quite a few long distance dates like that. <laughs> <laughs> just set up a movie. Nice. Okay, what do you what do you want to watch, babe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very nice. Very yeah. nice. Jumping onto the the Netflix side of things, it's not out yet, but there's one that is coming that I am very excited for. And I have to talk about it at least once before we finish this recording, is Gray Man. Yes. Yes. I am so excited for this movie. Like it's it's one of the it's probably the most excited I've been for one of the streaming movies that they've been releasing recently. So I am very excited for it. Can't wait. I mean it's Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling. Yeah. And Chris Evans is the bad guy. Like it's such a weird twist and dynamic, but I I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. And at time of recording that. it's it's coming out in two days, I think. Uh, or no, oh uh, yeah, two days because yeah. it's on the fifteenth. Yep. So, yeah, I'm, I actually just saw the uh, the trailer for it today. I think I might have seen it once before. I, but... show, I showed you guys the trailer the when it first dropped. That's or, right. The, I showed one of the trailers a few weeks ago. Yeah, you did. Uh, but this time, I I think I watched it because of uh somebody mentioning it, and I was like you know what, this actually does look really good. Because, <laughs> like, to seeing seeing Chris Evans as that bad guy and, like, the interaction he has with, with Ryan Gosling in those scenes, it's like, oh, yeah, that's actually going to be really fun. <laughs> yeah, there was, a like, a trailer or a sneak peek of a scene that dropped today, and it was just Chris Evans going into, like, full-on villain monologue. Is like, you know, I think we would have been friends. And while Gosling's just mean-mugging him, I'm just like... Oh, I can't wait for this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That was kind of like the last time I I felt this kind of excitement for a streaming exclusive movie was the harder they fall. And that was just because it had been so long since we got a good, exciting uh, Western like that. Yeah. When I saw the trailer for that, I was like, this looks awesome. And it's got Idris Elba in it. And it's got like a pretty solid cast. Like, I can't wait to watch this. And I was watching through it and just the unique ways that they shot some of the scenes and pulled some of the angles off and just the action and the like back and forth. Oh man, it's just, it was so good. And it was, um, it was one that I, that one's one of those examples is like, I would buy it on Blu-ray if I could. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we watched it a couple of days ago and I, I thought it was really good. I think there was a couple of parts in it that I was a little like, Okay, this needs to get moving a little bit. But other than that, I was like, "Oh wow, that's that's really cool." <laughs> it, it reminded me of um, uh, the Magnificent Seven that came out a couple of years ago mm-hmm. with um, Chris Pratt and uh, a couple of other people. But um, yeah, very similar kind of feel to it, just with a slightly different uh, storyline. Mm-hmm. That uh, scar on his forehead was pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? 
So I think that's going to do us for this conversation. And if you enjoyed this conversation, pass it on to your friends, pass it on to your family. Let them know. We'd love to see, see the community grow, and we'd love to hear more discussion from, uh, from you all. But in the meantime, stream responsibly, everybody.